All right, Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. Ephesians chapter 4, as we continue our thoughts on uh, one another and how we ought to be uh, fellowshipping or treating one another, we'll begin reading in uh, Ephesians 4 1 down through uh, verse 3. And we're going to talk about being patient with one another. Uh, but before we read, I have a, a little illustration or a story. Uh, to share with you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, I can talk faster. I'm from the West. So uh, Cindy and I were having a conversation the other day, and I could really realize that she was talking fast. And if I notice it, I'm sure other people from that South that talk real slow notice it when we when we talk. But but there was a little boy sitting on the front porch of his home, and he's sitting there, and his face was uh, cradled in his hands, and his dad was making his way home from work, and he looked very upset, and he was just kind of uh, out of sorts, if you will, and his father came home and asked him uh, what was wrong, and here was the son's sad reply. Well, just between us, Dad, I'm having trouble getting along with that wife of yours. <laughs> And that's just a funny way to open up this morning, but sometimes we have trouble getting along. We have trouble dealing with people. And uh, we need to be patient at times. I don't know what the little boy's troubles were, but uh, I'm sure Dad will help him sort it out. <laughs> uh, but let's begin reading in Ephesians chapter one or chapter 4, verse 1. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord. And Lord, it's good to be here and to fellowship with one another. And Father, we just pray that you would uh, speak through your word this morning. I pray, Lord, that those things that are said would be honoring to you. And Father, that you would give us something from your word that would strengthen us, encourage us. And Lord, challenge us to walk closer to Christ. And Lord, we do pray now that you bless the Sunday school hour. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so here we are. Patience. Uh, I have to admit, I'm not always the most patient person. Especially when it comes to my boys. I think I used an example the other day. I was, Carter's learning how to drive and, and he did something. And I mean, he's just learning. And I just, for some reason at that moment, I just lost it. I just... I was like, I can't handle this. And, uh, but it, it really reveals where we are spiritually, I think. Um, and we need to be careful about that. Uh, but sometimes we just need to cut people some slack. That's the bottom line. Uh, there isn't a perfect person here. Uh, there's not a perfect uh, Christian that I've met. Uh, and we need to be long-suffering. Uh, and the idea of long-suffering and forbearing, we can wrap it up, just suffer for a long time putting up with people. I mean, that's that simple. We don't want to try to make it spiritual, like, oh, I'm long-suffering and forbearing. Just deal with people. Uh, be patient with people. So long-suffering has the idea of long-tempered, taking a long time to boil. Uh, you're not angered quickly. Uh, <clears throat> we have a, a long fuse, you might say, if you have patience or some long-suffering. And so we're going to talk about a, a few things here. In verse 2, 
It says, with all lowliness, uh, we need to be humble, uh, to be patient. Uh, sometimes we're impatient because of our pride and in our arrogance, and we're lifted up, and, and perhaps we think people should be somewhere where they're not. And we just need to remember our estate. Uh, we don't need to be high-minded or arrogant. It's always good to have a modest opinion of yourself. Uh, you, you really aren't as good as you think you may be. Uh, because the reality is we're fools because we don't compare ourselves to those people oftentimes that are better or that excel at a greater level than we do. We tend to compare ourselves to people that may not have grown to the point where we have. And so then we get arrogant and prideful about that. But I would submit to you that there's more people that are more patient and more spiritual than you. Uh, And I I don't think you should compare yourself against them because that's not wise either. But what I'm telling you is uh, oftentimes we set the mark pretty low uh, and we think we're doing good. And so be careful about uh, your attitude. And we'll talk a little bit about contemplating how God was patient with you uh, later on in this lesson. And I think that's uh, one of the, the, uh, the key points here. Uh, to help us with patience. Uh, but oftentimes we think, boy, these people just haven't attained our level of spiritual growth. Those thoughts come into our mind, let's be honest. Uh, but boy, once, once they get to the place where I'm at, they'll understand. And, and, and listen, we need to be careful about our attitude toward people. Uh, listen, Christ died for those people. Amen. Christ loves those people. He wants those people to grow. And, and so we need to be careful about how we uh, present ourselves and how arrogant we get at times. I, think, I don't think it's by accident that we see that humility or lowliness of mind is the first thing mentioned here. It says, with all lowliness, uh, it's critical that we have a right view of ourselves in order to be patient or long-suffering and forbearing. Look at what 1 Peter 5, 5 says. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. And you guys all know this. God resists the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Listen, humility is a quality that we all need. Uh, we need to humble ourselves. We're, uh, we, uh, listen, you're not as good as you think you are. And as soon as you think you've arrived... God will send something your way that reminds you that you're not. And, and, and if you will not come to God in humility, God knows how to humble you. And uh, sometimes we, we're just so stubborn we have to do it that way. Listen, we are charged to know, we're, we're not charged to act as holier than thou. We're charged to be humble. Uh, and to... Uh, submit ourselves one to another. That would indicate that nobody's better than the other in this room this morning. In, in, in honor, preferring one another, the scripture says. And so those things that other people like. And uh, listen, often we put the desires and needs and opinions of our own above everyone else. And that's when we have problems. It should be the opposite. Uh, we should be preferring other people. And so, listen, this morning, we need to be low. We need to be humble. But we need to be gentle. Humility produces meekness. It says this here in in verse 2. It says, with all lowliness and meekness. 
meekness might be gentleness, and I know many of you have probably heard people describe it as power under control. But I want to give you what Webster says here in his dictionary in 1828 about forbearance. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Webster's 1828 says in the dictionary there, forbearance under injuries and provocations is meekness. So when things aren't going your way, when it's not coming about how you would have it done, uh, power under control or meekness is forbearance uh, in circumstances that are provoking, frustrating, challenging, or injurious to you. Uh, This is not being... Uh, meek and, and low when things are just right and how you want them to be. This is in the times where it's challenging uh, that you show meekness. Uh, a meek or gentle person is very well-mannered. Uh, when they say someone's a real gentleman, it means they're respectful, courteous, considerate. They're not harsh, assertive, or rude. When you, when you think of a gentleman, you don't think of the brash guy that is just arrogant and uh, there's a certain family member that Cindy and I have. I have a hard time with him because he's so arrogant and brash. And I just got to pray, Lord, help me. And so we ought to be the opposite of that. Uh, we ought to be meek and, and low. If we are not gentle, our differences will create conflict. If we don't show meekness or, or gentleness, Listen, we need to be humble and meek. We could say we ought to be like Christ. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. But that's contrary to how we often respond in our flesh. We want to be the noteworthy person. We don't want to be the meek and the low. We like to have the preeminence. We like to be known for our accomplishments and things, and that's not our Savior. And so we're challenged to be like Him, uh, to be meek and low. And so uh, as we look in, in, in further into verse 2 here, uh, where we're going to spend a little time on long-suffering and forbearing one another in love, the word forbearing means to bear with to put up with, or to endure. So when we talk about being patient with people, it's not patient until you've decided you've waited long enough. Because that's often, oh, well, I gave them a few minutes, and now it's time to, to lay some things out there. Uh, we need to be uh, enduring. Uh, it, this is really the active part of patience. Forbearing is a verb. Uh, it's a continuous action. Uh, something uh, we are to do daily. I know all of us have been around people on a regular basis. There's people that we just have a hard time being patient with. Uh, God challenges us to be forbearing, to endure uh, for a period of time, day after day perhaps. Um, And are you forbearing or do you just lose it quickly? We see a good picture of this in Colossians 3.13. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And so we see this example of Christ being forbearing and patient and forgiving. 
And somehow we get this idea that at some point we're justified in, in a response that we want to give. Because I've just, I'm at my wit's end. I've had it. My patience is up. Listen, thank God for a God of long-suffering and a God of forbearance and a God of mercy that, that waits. <laughs> um, forbearing one another in love also means to put up with annoying traits of other people. Even your spouse. We ought to make allowances for their difficulties and their faults. Uh, whether it's in marriage or folks in the church. Sometimes it's the hardest with the people we love and we're with the most of the time. You know, I, I don't like to hear the sound of food being chewed. I really, it just, it's one of those things that takes and it just, ugh. but there are times where I just suffer long. It seems like the meal is lasting longer than I want it to. And, and these are funny examples, but how often do we let pretty small things, when you think of the, the scope of eternity and what God has, we let those things get under our skin. And it brings division. And it divides us. Uh, and there's trouble in the home because we couldn't endure a little bit. We couldn't forbear. Uh, we couldn't suffer for a little while. Uh, listen, if, if you're forbearing, you're not going to let those people irritate you. And sometimes it's just a matter of not responding, not do, saying anything. Uh, just sucking it up uh, and, and enduring. And if you're not forbearing, you're a fool. Look at what Proverbs 12, 16 says. A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. Listen, sometimes just not doing the, saying something is the right thing to do. And just suffer patiently and quietly without saying anything. If there's somebody that annoys us, it's, it's really just natural to dislike or, or even resent that person. And I'm talking about in relationships where you like people. And, and you've been maybe fellow, maybe in marriage when you've been married for years or, or a church member that you've been around for decades. But there's just something about that person that, boy, when they do that one thing, it's like, ugh, I'm tired of it. And it's annoying. Uh, but we need to remember times, at times, sometimes rude and crude people, it's because they're hurt people. And you never know what somebody's gone through. Uh, I've worked in, in, in a secular capacity for a long time in the Air Force. And sometimes I found those people that are the most brash and crude, they have a lot of hurt in their life. And if you're just impatient and you lash out and you get frustrated at them, it's really hard to present Christ to them at another time. And so if you would just, and I'm not saying you have to put up with everything. Because in a lot of environments, there is an acceptable level of professionalism that, that people ought to have. But, uh, but what I'm telling you is, don't lash out at people. Because you don't know what they've experienced in life. And you don't know what God has actually brought you to that place with them for. Do we believe that God is trying to use us to reach the lost? Then every opportunity... The Lord wants to use it to that end. Uh, 
whether that's with your family, here at the church, definitely out in the world in a secular work environment. God hasn't brought you to those places accidentally. He's brought you there that you might be a light. And if you're not patient at times, you can spoil the testimony for Christ. You've all heard it before. Oh, if that's what a Christian's like, I don't know if I want anything to do with that. God help us to not be that type of a Christian. God help us to be a true Christian that's Christ-like. And look at the example of our Savior that is, uh, that is patient, that is meek and low, uh, and He suffers long. Listen, God looks on the heart. We only see the outward appearance of people oftentimes. And we, we can go to 1 Samuel 16 and, and look at that verse when they were talking about anointing David as king. But the reality is all we have is the outward appearance. And so those people that you're with, that's all they have of you as well. And so just because somebody is, is, is a challenge to you, you don't know what's going on in their heart. And so I would challenge you to pray for those people that you're around. Pray that God would allow you to be a witness. Uh, it's, really, it's really simple. Just tell them what God did for you. Uh, when people rub you wrong, remember... Only God knows their heart and their hurts. And sometimes we just need to be a little bit patient and gentle and forbear that we might have an opportunity to share Christ with Him and not shut Him down. And so this morning, I want you to contemplate God's patience with you. God's been very, very patient with you, hasn't He? Amen. Think of the things He puts up in your life, the things that He puts up with on a daily basis. The thoughts that you have, the deeds that you do, that don't glorify him, that aren't honoring to him. And yet, he hasn't sent judgment necessarily in your life because he's patient. Do you remember before becoming a Christian, the Apostle Paul was a zealous Pharisee? His goal was to stamp out Christianity, persecuting the church. And the patience that our God had in him, with him. I mean, he's there when Stephen is stoned to death. Holding the coats of those that are throwing those rocks, those stones at him. And how patient God must have been in the life of Saul. And we know as he goes down the Damascus road that he has an encounter with Christ and, and he's converted. What an amazing thought. So don't forget where you came from. The wretch that you are. And I think that's especially important for people that may have been in a church for a while. Because we can get frustrated at young Christians. We can get irritated that maybe they're not growing as fast as we think they should. But listen, that's God's responsibility to bring them along. And if he's being patient with them, who are we to think that we should do anything less? Uh, sometimes we just need to keep our mouth shut and allow the Holy Spirit, allow God to do a work in someone's life. Uh, we can't change them. Uh, so Paul, he becomes probably what many consider the greatest apostle. God was patient with him. Jesus was patient with him. 
and he obtained mercy. And he writes this. And he says of himself, he's the chiefest of sinners in 1 Timothy. But he explains why later in verse 16 it says this. It says, How be it, for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Boy, he said, God was long-suffering with me, and he's going to continue to be long-suffering with others. What a great example. Listen, when somebody's really irritating you, when somebody's annoying you, remember God put up with a lot in you. A whole lot. More than we probably want to admit that he had to put up with. Because we oftentimes have a better uh, thought of ourselves. If you want God to continue being patient with you, Perhaps you need to be patient with others. Be generous with patience toward others. And I believe God will give you some, the same measure of patience. I've seen people in churches act kind of ridiculous, just like a fool, the way they've responded to somebody that was struggling at times, trying to bring correction publicly. Yet on the flip side of that, if they were in the wrong, they would want some patience and some understanding and some mercy. But oftentimes we don't exhibit those traits. I would submit to you this morning that we need all the patience that we can get from God. I know I do. And the lack of patience is really a sign of immaturity and foolishness in our Christian life. Proverbs 14.29 says this, He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. The idea there is to lift up or to make a show of something, of of folly. Uh, If you don't have patience, you're just broadcasting the fact that you're a fool. You just got to have your your thoughts known and uh, those types of things. We need to be careful. Don't ever forget the long-suffering and patience of God in your life. Because I promise you there will be circumstances, and I'm not saying things don't need to be dealt with. People do wrong. Things need to be confronted and, and, and addressed. And we, But the goal is to have the right spirit about those things. But what, what I'm saying this morning is there will be frustrations that come. And so don't forget the patience that our God had with you. And be prepared to do that for others. But here's a few things, practical things that I think we can do to help with patience. These things, I think if we would do them, would help us to become more patient with people. The first is prepare a list of those who irritate you. It might sound funny, but I'm being serious this morning. I've done this before. Uh, I haven't done it recently, but I've done this before. Take an example. Just look at that list. Maybe there's a common denominator of a personality or a trait that these people do that uh, that irritate you. Uh, And try to isolate that thing that that really irritates you. Um, Listen, our hearts are deceitful. So we need to pray, examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. Well, I'm not telling you to do this because you want to Fix people. As you'll see at the end of this, you're going to probably fix yourself. Uh, but really, identify those people that irritate you. And then what I want you to do is pray for each person on that list. 
for a week, longer. It may be necessary to do it longer. Uh, but pray for those people uh, that annoy you. I, w- I just pull a, a little thought out of this verse in 3 John, verse 2. It says this, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. And it says, even as thy soul prosper- prospereth. Pray that these individuals would prosper. Spiritually, materially, however, just pray for the good of those people that annoy you. Pray that God would shower blessings upon them. Pray that God would work on their behalf. Pray that God would use them for the ministry. Uh, Just ask God to pour His power upon them. Listen, I hope you would pray for me if I'm on your list. I can be on people's list. I, I do annoying things. Ask my kids. Ask my wife. They'll tell you. Sometimes I do it on purpose. And that's not always wise. <laughs> but I also want you to petition to God to change your attitude about it. So pray for them. I don't think anything can change your attitude toward people at a greater level than prayer. There have been people that I've prayed for that I was frustrated and I wanted God to deal with them harshly. And God broke my heart and gave me a heart of just mercy and a greater understanding that they were facing things that I don't understand and difficulties and challenges that they're going through. Uh, God is not necessarily going to change that person. More often than not, in my experience, He's changed me. And I've grown and I've learned how to long suffer, and I've learned how to forbear, by the grace of God, by the way, because it's not in, within me, because I just want to smack them down. I mean, let's be honest this morning. You don't want to go hang out with people. You want to deal with it, uh, those folks that are annoying to you. But pray for them. Psalm 139.24 says this, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Ask God to change you. Petition God to do a work in your life in your attitude toward these individuals that irritate you and frustrate you. If you do this sincerely, I guarantee you God will change you. I don't think you can truly look at people and pray for them sincerely and ask God to bless the relationship and not be changed. If you do it with a sincere, honest heart. Because why? God wants us to be of one mind and in unity. Because he knows if we're not here in this place, we're not going to be effective in what he's called us to do. And I I can't, this thought that Brother Benson preached, I think it was last Sunday night, has been with me. All week. And he said something to effect, we, we need to take what's going on in here and share it out there. And all I could think of is we got to have something that's worth offering to share with them. But if we don't love one another, if we're not in unity, if we're not patient and forbearing and long-suffering and meek and low and have the relationship right in here, where God has told us, we have no business trying to offer them what we got. 
Because in our high and mighty, arrogant attitude, we say, well, they need Christ. Christ can change their life. And, and they do. They need salvation. God loves them. God wants them to be saved. But listen, God wants that relationship with them. Like he wants it with you. And God does not need you. He wants you. And so in this body of believers and how we think about one another and how we treat one another, with verse 2, with all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, and look what it says, forbearing one another in love. We talked about it a few weeks ago. It's love that drives all of this. If we would understand that the love that Christ has for us and we would have that love in here with each other, it would be a lot easier to be patient. And so what does the world need? The love of God. Where can they see an example of the love of God? It ought to be right here in this church, in this body of believers and how we treat one another. And that's what we ought to take out and share with them. We're not just offering a ticket out of hell. We're offering a relationship with God Almighty. And that's an eternal relationship. It may begin here on earth, but it's an eternal relationship. It's just so much bigger than just salvation at that moment. <clears throat> Long-suffering and forbearing. We need to put up with people for a long time sometimes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I do pray that we would get a hold of these things. Lord, help us to be meek and low. Help us to have a right attitude of ourselves and toward other people. And Lord, I just pray that you would, Lord, bind us together in one. I pray that we would be forbearing. Lord, that we would be willing, Lord, to suffer for a while. Lord, as you work in the hearts of people. And I pray, Lord, that you just bind us together. Lord, help us to be of one mind. One heart, Lord, that we would strive together, Lord, to reach the lost. And I pray, Lord, that you would make our church more like Christ. I pray that we would just be a picture of Christ, Lord, in our individual lives. And, Lord, that our church might go forth in our community, Lord, to be a light. Lord, that would, no doubt, have opportunities to share the gospel and see people saved. But... Lord, I pray that they would know that God is here. And Father, we do pray that you bless the hour to come. I pray for Pastor, Lord, we thank you for him. We ask that you would just give the word of God power, fill him with the spirit as he preaches. Lord, do a work in our midst. Draw each one near to you, and we'll give you the thanks for all of it. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.